Worship leaders, have you, like me, had that foreboding feeling that the worship songs that we've been hearing for the last five to ten years aren't particularly well written? Let's talk about it. Hello and welcome to Blueprint Sounds. My name is Nathan Smith. Thanks for joining me. Today we're going to talk about worship songwriting, a topic that's near and dear to my heart, but we're going to talk about why so many worship songs lately have been disappointing. But first I want to give you something. Go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, and there you can get access to my 45-minute training, Five Elements of a Full-Sounding Worship Team. It's a step-by-step 45-minute video on how you can get a full sound, no matter how many players that you have or what song you're doing, in a worship context. It's wonderful for your worship team, but it's also helpful for your worship techs to know how to balance out those elements. And it also gives you examples of worship songs done wrong, which you'll probably recognize. So go to blueprintsounds.com and get access. Without any further ado, let's get into today's topic. So I've been writing songs since I was in middle school, and I've been writing worship songs for my home church for about 15 years. And over the course of learning more about the songwriting craft, I've seen things done wrong. I've made a lot of mistakes of my own, but especially in the last five to 10 years, I've seen a lot of young songwriters make the same mistakes over and over again. So I wanna take you behind the curtain of the songwriting craft and show you why songs today disappoint and hopefully you can do better. So let's talk about why modern worship songs disappoint. I'm gonna contrast two songs. One is How Great Thou Art, written by Carl Bobert back in the day, can't remember what year, and one was written by me last week called Meta Love, which is a faux, uh, it's a joke of a song, but you'll, you'll see that it's very much of the time period. It's very much 2022. So why am I using How Great Thou Art? I'm not using it because I think all hymns are better than all new songs. That's not true. There were plenty of bad hymns. They just never made it into the hymnal. I'm using How Great Thou Art because one reason, uh, copyright laws. I don't have to pay for this because it's public domain. And secondly, it's a great song and it wouldn't matter if it were written yesterday or if it was written a couple hundred years ago. It's still a great song. So let's look at the lyrics of How Great Thou Art and Meta Love, a song that I wrote. So first verse. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Lovely. Meta-love, spelled incorrectly by me. I won't be shaken, I'm already shaking in your love. I can't be taken, I'm already taken by your love. So let's just stop right there. You can feel that one doesn't cut it and one is great, right? We can feel that Meta Love is not on the same playing field as How Great Thou Art. So we know that intuitively, but a lot of times, especially Christians because they're nice, will say, well, it's just a matter of personal preference. You know, it's just, who are you to, to, to impose your personal preference on um, somebody's expression of worship? I'm going to do exactly that because there is some structural stuff wrong with this lyric um, that makes it inferior to How Great Thou Art, and I'm going to show you why that matters. So here we go. When we look at How Great Thou Art, the meaning 
comes first. What the writer is trying to convey is primary, and the rhythm, the rhyme, and the imagery help to tell the story. The fact that we have some good rhyming happening there uh, is only noticed after the fact. So let's look right here. When I an awesome wonder rhymes with I hear the rolling thunder. That's a great rhyme. Also, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. Goes with thy power throughout the universe displayed. The meter and the rhyme is very well done, but the craft is hidden. You don't notice, oh, that was a really catchy rhyme right off the bat. The first thing that you notice is that the the writer is painting a picture with words and you're thinking about the stars and the rolling thunder and the universe and the bigness of God's creation. That's the first thing you notice. The rhyme comes later. Let's look at meta love. I won't be shaken. I'm already shaking in your love. I can't be taken. I'm already taken by your love. The turn of phrase and the wittiness is the thing that matters in this lyric. The meaning is secondary, if at all. So when I read through that, it's sort of, okay, I have a pet lyric, a a, a thought that I liked. I won't be shaken. I'm already shaking in your love. Okay. And then they kind of do the same thing in the second half of the lyric, and there's no story there. There's, There's no real full thought, not like there was in How Great Thou Art. It's just that, oh, that's a clever turn of phrase that shaking and shaking and taken and taken. Okay, that's interesting, but it's only interesting up to a point. It didn't, it didn't tell me a story. Second problem. Let's look at how great thou art. The writer is using earthy words that involve the senses, like stars, rolling thunder, universe, I didn't underline this, but worlds. All right, so it's all about real things. It's about things that people can get with because we've all seen stars and thunder and heard thunder. And the universe, is it's just something that is concrete. It's something that's tangible. But let's look at meta love. I won't be shaken. I'm already shaking in your love. The writer is alluding to his feelings. The imagery, therefore, is bloated and exhausted. And here's what I mean by that. There's nothing real happening here. It's all about my inner life. It's about, I'm shaking in your love. That's, that's just another way of saying that I'm feeling feelings, okay? And there's nothing wrong with feelings inherently. But notice what Carl Boberg did in How Great Thou Art. He made me feel like he felt, right? When he's thinking about all of the creation and the universe and the stars and the thunder, he conveys with that imagery, I feel small compared to how great God is and how great his creation is. So he made me feel it by talking about real things. In this case, you can only see that the author is having feelings. And I'm telling you about my feelings, but that's it. I'm not putting any of that feeling in you. I'm not giving you a reason to care. I'm just saying that I'm feeling feelings. And that's why the imagery is bloated and exhausted because eh, there's all this longing, there's all this yearning, but there's, there's nothing that you can set your feet down on, not nearly in the same way as How Great Thou Art. Let's look at a third way in which How Great Thou Art outshines Meta Love. The writer has a fully formed thought which propels us to the big thought of the chorus, How Great Thou Art. By the time you read through this first verse... It is a logical conclusion to say, 
God, you are so great. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee, how great thou art, how great thou art. That absolutely makes sense, and you deserve to hear that chorus because that first verse set up the chorus. Awesome. In this case, in Medelev, the writer has a half-baked thought, sung twice, to no effect. Right? I had a pet lyric, I won't be shaken, I'm already shaking in your love. And then I kind of restated the same thing, I can't be taken, I'm already taken by your love. It's a little quick turn of a phrase, but the lyric has no pace because it has no destination. Where are you taking me? I don't know. Um, your love is great. Okay, that we're pretty, we're, we would pretty much say that if that was our chorus, your love is great. We've basically said that in the verse. We haven't led to, we haven't earned a big payoff in the chorus with our verse because our verse just laid there and didn't go anywhere. Let's look at one more thing that How Great Thou Art does that Meta Love does not. In this verse, the writer focuses on the subject, and the subject is God's creation. God and creation seem big, and the writer, by contrast, seems small. But if we go to Metalove, the writer focuses on himself. Even though he tried to make God's love the focus, he emphasizes his own feelings and responses. Therefore, the lyric is weak because it is self-aware. It, it all comes back to the writer and his feelings and, and blah, blah, blah. He's not focusing on, he's not really even focusing on God's love. He's focusing on his response to God's love. Not that there's anything wrong that we respond to God's love. We absolutely do. But he can't even get out of his own way in this lyric. Now, I should clarify and qualify something um, that I hear young songwriters have a problem with. I've heard this a lot. I hate worship songs that have the word I or me in them, right? Like, okay, we get that the self-centric worship song is lacking, but watch out. Don't just get caught with your pronouns, because here's what I mean. Let's look at all of the I, me, and my's in the verse of How Great Thou Art. O Lord, my God, there's one, when I, two, in awesome wonder, consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I, three, see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. So there are four variations of I, me, or my, but the lyric is still clearly focused on God's creation. Somebody has to see God's creation, so in this case it's the writer, but the writer doesn't seem inflated. He's not mugging for the camera. It's not all about him, it's about God's creation. Well, let's look at Metalev. I won't be shaken. There's one. I'm already shaking in your love. There's two. I can't be taken. Three. I'm already taken by your love. Oh, four. Okay. So they tie. They tie in the use of I, me's, and my's. And yet, the lyric is clearly focused on the writer and not the subject, which should be God, right? So don't get bogged down counting pronouns and saying, oh, I don't like songs that have the word I or me in them. That's a symptom. It's not not the disease. Look at the focus of the lyric. And when you look at where the lyric is actually focusing, that will answer your question as to whether or not this is a self-centric lyric we're talking about. So let's recap. Good writing versus bad writing. In good writing, the meaning comes first. The story is the king. In bad writing, the wittiness comes first. Or, put another way, the way in which you said something becomes more important more important than what you actually said. Secondly, 
good writing deals with earthy, real things that everybody can get with because they've experienced them. Emotions and thoughts are characteristic of bad writing, not always, obviously. But yes, we've all felt happy, we've all felt sad. But if we're just listening to you talk about your emotions and watching you emote, it doesn't put any emotion in the listener. Next, takes you there. Good writing knows where it's going, takes you there, but you're excited to be taken with that writer, much like a roller coaster. You enjoy the story as it goes past. In bad writing, we have half thoughts and no story. The first verse of Meta Love could have been the first verse, the second verse, the third verse, could have been the chorus. It doesn't matter. It didn't have any pace. It just lays there. Next, good writing is focused on the subject that's being talked about. In this case, for How Great Thou Art, it was God and the bigness of God's creation. In the bad Meta Love song, the writer hogs the spotlight. It inevitably comes back to the writer, even though the writer was trying to sing about God's love, it didn't work. Everything that I just said can be put clearly into one thought in this quote by Toby Litt, who is a writer and academic. Bad writing is almost always a love poem addressed by the self to the self. Before we go, I want to make sure that I'm clear. I'm not bashing the church. There's way too much of that right now. There's so many armchair quarterbacks that say, you did that wrong, you did that wrong, and nobody knows what they're doing, and they don't lift a finger to do anything. Well, like I said at the beginning of the video, I've been writing worship songs for 15 years. I'm in the fight. I'm doing it. So if you are a worship leader that is interested in doing better, don't just criticize. Get out a pen and start writing a song. Write for your home church. Serve your home community. It might take you five years to put out something that's good. Well, it's worth it. It's absolutely worth it. Hey, I hope that video helps you. Again, make sure to go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, and look for five elements of a full-sounding worship team to help you and your team. Until next time, God bless and goodbye.